Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest state in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett comes the crowning achievement in Disney animation and storytelling. The Rescuers. Look out! Here she comes! A bold new adventure. Where is she? Where is she? You get down there and find the big diamond or you will never see that teddy again! That poor little girl. We gotta find her and help her. Meet a cast of captivating new Disney characters. This emergency meeting of the International Rescue Aid Society is now in session. As you know, our society has never failed to answer a call for help. Oh, Mr. Chairman, please, please may I have this assignment? Bernard and Bianca, two secret agents on a date with destiny. Orville, the albatross, an airline pilot on the skids. Are you, are you hurt, sir? No. Nope. One of my better landings, bud. Evan Rouge. <laughs> the outboard dragonfly. Poor Evan Rouge. Your carburetor is all pooped out. With the voices of Geraldine Page. I've got to have the devil's eye. Bob Newhart. Holy mackerel. That's it. And Ava Gabor. The devil's eye. You'll see action. Dazzling adventure. Here is all the warmth and charm of Disney animation at its best. Mayday. Mayday. Walt Disney Productions, The Rescuers. What's happening? Do they want us now? We are going to have us a rip, snort, and fight. You absolutely, positively must see The Rescuers. Welcome, everyone, to a totally mouse-rific episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets. And with me... Uh, Kyra Hawkins. <laughs> it's not mouserific like Mickey Mouse. Sorry, listeners, no. what you're expecting. They're, they're still cute, though. Yes, they are very cute. Uh, we are talking today about the second half of a twin bill when this movie was actually released... We are talking about the original Rescuers. It was released June the 22nd, 1977. This movie did $60 million in the box office in 1977. What is that for today? $290 million. Way to go, Bernard and Miss Bianca. Good for them. We're we're, we're talking Iron Man money with this one. It's a big deal. 
Yeah. And this was Disney's like dark era, so um oh, that so like good. that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. So I had watched this one probably not beginning to end, but I knew enough about it. The only thing that I missed was where it was actually set for the rescue itself. For some reason I I never put two and two together on this, but I knew enough about it to know that it was that it was a good movie and it will be in the playlist when the world's youngest podcast host gets older and wants to start watching more adult things than Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Yeah. So what about you? Um, well this came out six years before I was born. And it actually was one that my uh, grandparents owned or bought for me. But I was, like, aware of it. I know I watched it at least a couple times, maybe a handful of times as a kid. Um, I'm, like I was saying before you hit record, I'm way more familiar with the sequel that came out when I was about seven. So, um, like, I was familiar with these characters but I didn't remember, I remember parts of this movie, but not very much. Mm-hmm. But both of us have watched it more than just the one time or the two times or the two and a half times like you normally watch a movie to be prepared yeah. for it. Yeah. Okay. And like I said in our last episode, uh, I hope, because this was a double feature with A Tale of Two Critters, I hope they played this first. They yeah. had to have. Otherwise, people wouldn't have keep wouldn't have like gone back mm-hmm. to or like told their friends go see this movie it's so good. Oh, but then you can walk out after you're done with this movie because the yeah. second part is not. <laughs> yeah, the second part is stupid. Don't stay for that. Yeah, unless you got little kids who love bears and then well, just go watch Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, this is really cute. I liked it. All right. Well, we will go ahead and. Alright, so the synopsis, as always, comes to us care of Wikipedia, and it goes a little something. In an abandoned riverboat in Devil's Bayou, Louisiana, a young orphan named Penny drops a message in a bottle, containing a plea for help into the river. The Rescue Aid Society, an international mouse organization inside the United Nations, finds the bottle when it washes up in New York City. The Hungarian representative, Miss Bianca, volunteers to accept the case. She chooses Bernard, a stammering janitor, as her co-agent. The two visit Morningside Orphanage, where Penny has lived, and meet an old cat named Rufus. He tells them about a sketchy woman named Madame Medusa who once tried to lure Penny into her car and may have succeeded in abducting Penny this time. The mice travel to Medusa's pawn shop, where they discover that she and her partner, Mr. Snoops, are on a quest to find the world's largest diamond, named the Devil's Eye. The mice learn that Medusa and Snoops are currently at the Devil's Bayou with Penny, whom they have indeed kidnapped and placed under the guard of two trained crocodiles named Brutus and Nero. With the help of an albatross named Orville and a dragonfly named Evanrude, the mice follow Medusa to the bayou. There they learn that Medusa plans to force Penny to enter a small blowhole that leads down into a blocked-off pirate's cave where the Devil's Eye is located. Bernard and Bianca find Penny and devise a plan of escape. They send Evanrude to alert the local animals who loathe Medusa, but Evanrude is delayed when he is forced to 
take shelter from a cloud of bats. The following morning, Medusa and Snoops send Penny down into the cave to find the gem. Unbeknownst to Medusa, Bianca and Bernard are hiding in her skirt pocket. The three soon find the devil's eye within a pirate's. As Penny pries the mouth open with a sword, the mice push the gem through it, but soon an oceanic tide rises and floods the cave. The three barely manage to retrieve the diamond and escape. Medusa betrays Snoops and hides the diamond in Penny's teddy bear while holding Penny and Snoops at gunpoint. When she trips over a cable set by a trap, set as a trap by Bernard and Bianca, Medusa loses the bear and the diamond to Penny, who runs away with them. The local animals arrive at, on, at the riverboat and aid Bernard and Bianca in trapping Ru Brutus and Nero, then sets off Mr. Snoop's firework to create more chaos. Meanwhile, Penny and the mice commandeer Medusa's swamp mobile, a makeshift airboat, and Medusa unsuccessfully pursues them using Brutus and Nero as water. As the riverboat sinks from the fireworks damage, Medusa crabs, crashes and is left clinging to the boat's smokestack. Mr. Snoops escapes on a raft and laughs at her, while the irritated Brutus and Nero turn on her and circle below. Back in New York City, the Rescue Aid Society watches a news report of how Penny has found the Devil's Eye which has then been given to the Smithsonian Institution. Penny's also been adopted. The meeting is interrupted when Evernrude arrives with a cry for help, sending Bernard and Bianca on a new adventure. The end. So, what were your initial thoughts watching this movie this time? Um, it's a little darker than I remembered. Um, but I think, like, I may have been, without realizing it, like, conflating this with the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, I thought it was fun. Like, I see why it was so popular in like popular enough to get a sequel mm -hmm. because, um, Bernard and Miss Bianca are so cute and, um, I found him relatable and I liked her like, cause he's so like, he's superstitious <laughs> and he's like anxious and like, ah, yep, that's me. But then she's just like easy breezy beautiful cover girl, um, oh god! <laughs> and I don't know, they're just so cute. So, um, this I would have liked this even if the story hadn't been as good as it was, just for the characters. Yeah, the characters were the characters are what makes this as as it was the characters that did not make it the last film that we covered. So, the two main characters are Bernard and Bianca. Bernard is played by Bob Newhart. And Bianca was played by Ava Gabor, who I looked her up when she was introduced as the Hungarian representative to the International Rescue Aid Society, which is run by mice and presided over by mice in the United Nations building. Ava Gabor is a Hungarian. She played a Hungarian representative. So very good casting. So we're already on better par than some of our Native American movies that we've had in the last few months that we've covered. Yeah, we have the right nationality playing the character. Now, it may have just been because when I watched it in bits and pieces, I never got to see the actual opening 
I loved the backgrounds that they had. Yeah. I could have watched that for an hour and a half and been happy. The during the credits? Yes, during the credits because the yeah. because the backgrounds, I mean, it's very beautifully painted and it's not really animation. It's just like you see the bottle that Penny throws overboard and you see it's moving to New York. Yeah. Which was interesting because she came from New York. And the bottle makes it back to New York, and she's down in Devil's Bayou, Louisiana. Which I never put that part together. So, as we mentioned, Bernard is very superstitious. He hates anything related to 13. And there were three different times that there was 13 related. There's 13 steps on the comb. 13 steps on the boarding of the albatross. Which mm-hmm. I love the albatross too. Yeah. And then there was thir- there was something that was 13, 13 related when they were actually in Louisiana. I can't remember what it was. Oh man. I don't think I wrote it down, but I remember seeing that. Yeah. And so the movie starts with the International Rescue Aid Society being called to order and they find they found this message in a bottle with help. From Penny, and she grew up in an orphanage in New York. And so Bianca Bianca says, well, I'm going to go ahead and volunteer. And she says that she wants Bernard. And Bernard's taken back by this because he's like, well, I'm just a, the handyman. But we find out that he's a whole lot more than a handyman because he's got his investigative background which i have no clue where that came from but it was it got me thinking about my communications background and how he started asking the right questions as soon as he started talking to people yeah she just like sees something in him mm-hmm. he seems to resist at first but yeah she's like come on we'll be a great team together and they are yeah they're very uh, i loved the like the whole like scene where they're in that meeting room, the rescue aid society, seeing like all the different, the mice from different countries mm-hmm. and their, um, their, uh, culturally appropriate attire. <laughs> I'm trying to make sure I choose the right words. Um, but yeah, there were, it was just so cute. I love stuff like this where, where you, it's like mice or other small creatures, like having normal <coughs> looking furniture and things, but it's made with like human, like products, mm-hmm. like matchboxes and yeah. ladder is a comb and I, stuff like that. I really, really love. And so, the, the funny part is like, before we even get to the raid, the rescue aid society, we see the UN and it's like every mouse comes out of the pocket or out of some part of an outfit that is the adult equivalent of what they're wearing. Yeah, they're like all stowaways. Right down to, I believe it's a Scottish one that has a kilt on and has a cane just like his human. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's so cute. So Bernard and Bianca go off and they start investigating and we get our first flashback scene, care of the um, cat that watches the orphanage. Rufus. And 
Rufus, yes, thank you. And I actually had that in my notes. I don't I don't know why I didn't see Rufus. It's 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 a long day. <laughs> but you don't see much faith based input in the Disney movies of this time. Yeah. So when Rufus said Faith is a bluebird that you see from afar, you can't touch it or buy it or wrap it up tight. But it's there just the same, making things turn out all right. And I was like that is some deep theological, mind-blowing things that you don't even think about when you're a kid. Yeah, and well, it's it's not even tied to one specific deity. It's just like having faith, having hope. Mm-hmm. So we find out that she's been abducted, and her animal, her stuffed animal, looks like Pooh Bear to me. I thought that at first, too. But we find out that its name is not Pooh, because I don't know if... Well, this one came out after Winnie the Pooh, so Disney would have had the rights to Pooh. Yeah, I wonder if that would have been a little too on the nose. But her teddy bear's name is Teddy. So original. (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean, when, when when you're a girl that's six seven eight years old what do you what 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 else are you going to name your teddy right well we have a stuffed giraffe named giraffe so giraffe yeah uh anyways penny has a teddy bear named teddy <laughs> um i loved rufus at like part of me i think normally would be like it never explains how she can talk to the animals but because she seems to be the only one who can mm-hmm. uh but we don't need that explanation. It's no. just Rufus is like watching out for her and they love each other. And he seemed pretty sad that she wasn't there anymore. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah, he like reveals through the flashback that she was abducted. Yeah. And then he says, but what can two little mice do? And we find out what they can do. And this is, and they start looking for the villain of the movie and her name, surprise, surprise, is Medusa. And when I saw her, I got a Miss Hannigan vibe from Annie. Oh, yeah. So I was wondering if Carol Burnett based her Miss Hannigan on Medusa, because I think Annie came out like five or six years later, because it was one of the few movies that I actually watched as a kid in the theater. So, but yeah, I got, I got a real Miss Hannigan vibe right down to the slinky, slouchy dress that she wore. And I mean, obviously not the car because Miss Hannigan didn't drive a car. She had, um, Tim Curry driver. (laughs) She kind of, so Medusa kind of reminded me just a little bit of Madame Mim from, uh, Sword in the Stone. Okay. Like she's not magical or anything, but just her... I don't know, kind of the way that she's animated and just mm-hmm. like her look a little bit made me think of her. Yeah. Like, I think it's all in the eyes, really. Mm-hmm. Her, She's got crazy eyes. Well, I mean, with a name like Medusa, what do you expect, though? So, uh, so yeah, they like realize. Okay, well, I think that Rufus kind of told them, like, if, I'm pretty sure if, if she was abducted, it was this lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they try to get is a stowaway in Medusa's luggage, but um, Bianca gets thrown out. And so 
obviously Bernard jumps out after her and then the next thing we see is they are up on top of a up on top of a building which kind of struck me as weird because it was helicopters that were taken off and landing up there and yeah. it, and it was like that was the way that people got around New York back then and did we ever say when this was actually set? I don't think it did. No, it doesn't. So, I mean, this was definitely... It was definitely in the age that you could have an airplane take off and land. Because they had the tower, which there wasn't anybody man in the tower, which is the first OSHA violation of this movie. <laughs> and so Bernard has to talk the albatross in to land and then the albatross lands and wears his radio that he's talking into you never actually see that i didn't even notice that and so they both get up into the sardine can and that's after bernard realizes that there's 13 steps on the ladder and bianca says we'll just jump the 13th one and he does and everything goes on nicely and Bernard has to read off the checklist. And I don't think that if at first you don't succeed, try again is a good thing to say when you're on an air, airline flight of any kind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love Orville the Albatross. Mm. He is so funny. Um, he was named Orville after the Wright brother. Mm-hmm. Airplanes, history, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, He was just like, I don't know, like he's, I guess, good at what he does, but also not good at what he does. And I love, uh, like, the different times we see them flying, how um, Bianca's just like, oh, this is so fun, this is great. And, like, while Bernard is holding on for dear life. He's uh, definitely a nervous flyer. Yeah, that's how I fly. (laughs) And so we see the gorgeous scenery on the flight. And, of course, this is where the topless woman would appear if you paused your VHS cassette just properly. What? Yes. Read read about it. Like while they're flying through the city? Yes. I'll go ahead because I've got it. I have it still pulled up. Oh, my word. Three days after the film's second release on home video, Walt Disney re- announced a recall of 3.4 million copies of the tapes because there was an objectionable image in one of the film's backgrounds. The image in question is a blurry image of a topless woman with her hmm and hmm showing. The image appears twice in non-consecutive frames during the scene where they're flying through New York City. The two images would not be seen in ordinary viewing because the film runs at 24 frames per second. Oh my gosh, that's insane. And Disney said that the rescuers, that this image was placed in during post-production, but they declined to say who did it or what they were. And that the aim of the recall was to keep its promise that they could trust and rely on the Disney brand to provide the best in family entertainment and it was reissued on march the 23rd of 1999 with the inappropriate nudity edited and blocked out oh there you have it this is this is actually during the 
Lion King during the Little Mermaid scandals. Yeah. This you is can... yet you, this is yet another Disney scandal during that time. I, I had never heard of this, but while you were reading that, I found it. Uh, yep, it's all mine. Just like yes. everything, I'm. This is scandalous. Yes. Um, I can't believe. Like I can't. I guess I kind of can, but I can't believe this. And see, I thought that, that was actually during the Rescuers Down Under for some reason. <laughs> and there may be two images in that episode as well, for all that we know, oh, just God. to keep the continuity together. Same woman, same shots. I don't know, but oh yeah. Gosh. Like part of me is like, oh my, God. like I want to scroll through the frames. Of course, it's not going to be on Disney Plus, but I'm like, I got to see this for myself. What in the world? Not because, like, I want to, but just, like, you hear about something that crazy, and it's like, I gotta see this. Well, if you go on to Wikipedia, you can actually see one of the images. Yeah, I found it on Google. Okay. Like, oh my heavens, what in the world? What yeah. are you thinking? So, apparently, there was a voyeur in the cockpit of the episode during the flight. Yeah. So, crazy. anyway. Um, to Louisiana safely yes. uh they really bad landing i probably would have thrown up yes the the landing was not well because penny had escaped and medusa's um henchman whose name is snoops sets off fireworks to work as flares and somehow it's just as orville is coming in for a landing and so we see the fireworks, and I want to say those are the same fireworks out of Mary Poppins. Really? Because it's it's either that or out of Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. One of those two is where, because both those movies had fireworks oh, at a certain okay. part. And when they were coming in, it's like, those actually looked realistic, where you had Orville just flying in. So I don't know if that was a um, hybrid creation. Well, I mean, we know that they were reusing mm -hmm. frames for different sequences in different films. So, makes sense, I guess. Yeah, why film another fireworks display when you got two already in the can from the 60s? Yep, just reuse that stuff. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yes. And this is where we actually get the second look at the riverboat that I have no idea how it is still floating. Yeah, it's in bad shape. It's in very bad. And we meet the animal villains named Nero and Brutus. Love the Roman mythology mixed in with, well, not really mythology, the Roman um, leadership mixed in with the Greek mythology with Medusa. So, um... And another reason why I was asking when this film was actually made was or was set was because the thing that Medusa was driving in the swamp, it looks like it has a Model T body, a jet engine on the back, and some kind of intake in the front, and I want to know how I can get one of those. <laughs> I wonder where you're going with that. Um yeah, it's interesting. Yes. So. Um, well, poor Penny is like trying so hard to get away. Um, 
they're trying so hard to get to her. It's like somewhere in there it's revealed that Medusa has abducted her because she needed somebody small enough to be able to go into this cave to retrieve a diamond that mm-hmm. she's after. Uh, she could have used anybody. It's crazy. Like, I mean, I guess if she hadn't, we wouldn't have a story, but mm-hmm. she targeted this little girl at the orphanage down the street or something. And so Penny has escaped. Brutus and Nero are out trying to find her. Orville's coming in for a landing and we meet the Cajun mice that are living in the swamp. Yeah, they're cute too. Yeah. And so they just say, well, you just go ahead and let us know, honey. If you ever need anything, we'll be right there for you. And so they let Bernard and Bianca go off. And Orville's like, well, with all this going on, I'm getting out of Dodge. And somehow he gets sucked up in the intake of Medusa's machine. And we actually hear a goofy scream. I missed that. Oh, it's the first of two in this movie. I think I probably wouldn't have noticed that because I was a little bit distracted by some of his ex- exclamations. <laughs> um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, we had suffering sassafras. Um, I think it was the, uh, I don't have her name written down, but the, uh, the like Cajun mouse wife mm-hmm. says yeah. something like buffer and catfish, which I don't know how you buffer a catfish, but I think that's what she says. And um, we get a great balls of fire in there somewhere. Yeah. Like I've, I think I might rewatch this just to see if I can find any more. <laughs> yeah. So let me see. That was uh, Ellie Mae and Luke, and they were muskrats. Oh, okay. Well, they were cute. I liked yeah. them. And so they send Bernard and Bianca off with a little dragonfly. Yeah. Would that, would that be what you would think he was? Was a dragonfly? And uh, yes. he he was the engine of their little boat. And blessed that 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 baby was was going for all that he was worth. And so they find Penny just as Penny's getting nabbed by Brutus and Nero. And Nero has Teddy. Her Brutus has Teddy. And so they start following her back. And so Bernard and Bianca and the little, let's see if I can name it's probably in Evan. here. Evan Rude. How did I forget that? Or Even Rude? I don't remember yeah. if it's Evan or Even. I have it written down, but I don't remember how they pronounce it. Yeah, me too. Even Rude runs, he runs out of steam, bless his heart, <laughs> right as it gets to the to the boat. And so they climb up and they start talking to Penny when we see Penny's drawing of her mom and dad on the boat. Oh, the, this, the whole, like, I just want to be adopted stuff made mm-hmm. me so sad. Like, this poor little girl. Yeah. Like, at the beginning of the movie, when we first meet her, she's, you know, she just wants a family. Mm-hmm. And so, from there, we find out that they've got an idea on how to get her out of there but it's going to take everybody working together and somehow the mice end up in the pipe organ because they get chased in and i had no idea that gators could play a pipe organ as I well don't. as they did 
they were very happy to be like they were having a good old time. Mm-hmm. I thought this scene went on a little too long, if I'm being honest. And, and it uh, really that long. It was just like, okay, we get it. They just took the joke a little too far. Yeah, and you would have thought they would have gotten yelled at more by Medusa because they completely tore up her pipe organ in her falling apart riverboat. Yeah. Well, the inside of this boat wasn't quite as janky as the outside, although I think there's some broken boards here and there and spider webs and stuff. Yeah. It's it's not in great shape. Yeah, and that boat got a little bit more janky because Medusa pulls out a scatter gun that has a magazine that holds about 20 shots in it. And I didn't yeah. know that um, Buckshot came so that you could load it into a magazine like that to keep firing. I might have to ask my dad about that the next time I talk to him. So if it's, Well, it's a movie. Anything's possible. <laughs> yeah. This scene made me, like, her shooting holes in the floor to try to get the mice made me think of uh, my grandpa who shot holes in the floor of his house trying to get a snake. (laughs) Yep, grew up in the country. Uh, Story time. That was it. This has been story time with Kyra Hawkins. Yeah. Um, So there's, like, at this point, I think Bernard's starting to, like, crack a little bit he's like what are we gonna do like we can't really do anything mm-hmm. he's he's losing faith mm-hmm. he's uh but bianca will not have it she's so sweet and determined and she's not like mean about it but she's just like come on we gotta do this we can do it because mm-hmm. if, if they don't who would yeah we've got to save this little girl yeah so, did uh, you happen to notice that Bambi was in Devil's Bayou? Yes, uh, I did. Penny's, like, looking at her window, seeing all the animals, like, mom and baby animals, because she wants a mom so bad. But, yeah, I did. I noticed Bambi, and I thought, are we going to see, like, because then we get a forest scene, mom animals and baby animals, and, yep. I thought, are we going to see anybody else? But it was just Bambi and some cute little birds. Which all goes back to everything's interconnected. Yes. Well, speaking of that, uh, like, backing up a little bit. When uh, Penny is having her conversation with Rufus, and he's saying his little poem about faith, he's pointing to a star that's, like, off in the distance. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that looks like the star that we see in Pinocchio before the blue fairy descends from the Mm. sky. Um, Probably not, but that's what I was thinking. And on that note, I was like, it occurred to me that it's a shame that they didn't like put some Easter eggs from this in like Princess and the Frog, Mm -hmm. which takes place in Louisiana also. Yeah. Uh, Especially because there are fireflies in, uh, and I, I think there might be a dragonfly I know there's fireflies in Princess and the Frog, but they should have had an even rude, like, pop yeah. in there somewhere. That would have been cool. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, I did see Bambi. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's the saddest song. But by the end of Penny's little song, she's like, it seems like she maybe has a little hope left. She kind of smiles. She says some prayers. Mm-hmm. And then she's interrupted by the cutest little mice in town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was the sweetest prayer, prayer 
prayers. That's what Thompson says. Prayers. She says the sweetest prayer right before they show up. And so they start putting together this rescue attempt. And it's going to take everybody. And so they send off Evanrude, Evanrude, however you pronounce his name. And he goes and rounds up everybody. The whole gang. It's funny to me that, like, there's the muskrats and owl and a turtle and, uh, like, a whole menagerie of, like, swamp creatures Mm -hmm. all crammed in this tiny little uh, mouse house, which is, what is it made out of? Like a, a fuel can, maybe? Maybe. Uh, Yeah, it's like a petrol tin, I think is what it says. Um, And, like, like, how are these animals all the same size? Now, did you happen to notice who made a return appearance in this movie as one of the characters? Do you mean a voice actor? Yes. Voice actor. uh, Yes, I... Don't, His name is not coming to me right now, but I recognized the voice, and I did look it up. And I can't think of it now because I didn't write it down. I believe it was Goober George Lindsay. Somebody from uh, Robin Hood. <laughs> yes. I knew that. Like, I know those voices. He was, where was he? Trigger. Yes. He was, like, a good guy in this one, though. I also yeah. kind of thought, um, I mean, like we had said, Disney often reused uh old scenes to make new scenes, mm-hmm. old characters to make new characters. It seems like it, it almost seems like sometimes it's like, Oh, there's that actor in this other movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause like the turtle looked kind of familiar, like other turtles we've seen in the past. The owl looked like owl from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> I like in my head canon, they are all actors like in uh who framed Roger Rabbit? Mm. Like, and they're just making appearances in different movies. Well, that's possible. I'm off track, but uh, no, hey. no, I caught it. Sam um, Beckett leaping from life to life, hoping <laughs> that his next life will be the final leap home. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Penny. <laughs> Get yes, getting back to Penny. Medusa is going to send her into this cave or whatever to look for the diamond. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Bernard and Bianca are with her, and uh, she finds some little diamonds, and they're like, "I oh, don't worry about the little ones." But all I could think was, "No, grab the little ones. Like that will serve you well later." Yeah. Money. Money. Yes. Take it. You need it. It'll help. And so she starts. I can't remember how she actually. How did? Was Bianca holding the lantern, and they shone it over at the skull? Uh, hang on. I don't remember exactly. Anyway, the devil's eye is inside of the skull. Yeah. And this thing is bigger than the eye socket. So how did the diamond get in the skull to start with to be staying there for all these many years? And also, wouldn't the skull uh, decompose, thus allowing her to just reach in instead of having to pull it out through the eye socket? I'm just getting too gory. Yeah, that's kind of gross. Uh, I'm feeling queasy. (laughs) Just kidding. Too Um, scary to watch. Turn it off there. 
how they find it if like light shines on it, but they they find it in the skull. And uh, there's like water shooting up at them while Medusa's like screaming down the hole, like, did you find it or whatever? Mm-hmm. She doesn't care. Yeah. Like, she's probably going to throw Penny in a ditch somewhere at the end of this if she gets her diamond. Right? Like, I she's mean, not. You just, not you good. just really took this dark. <laughs> well, I mean, she's not good. Well, yeah. She's not going to do anything good with little Penny. I think she, like, made them deal with her, but then it's like, no, because then you've got this kid that, like, knows mm-hmm. your crime or whatever. Well, the diamond is huge because, like, it takes Penny both hands to hold yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's, a, that's a big old diamond. And so, meanwhile, Evan Root has been sent back to try to round everybody up. And he gets chased by the bats. And I loved that chase scene. It went on just long enough. And then we cut back to the to the cave. And then we see Evan Rood is in a bottle. And he has to make a mad dash for the door of the oil can. To let everybody know that they got to go save Penny. And... I want to know what is in the liquor that makes the eyes turn red and make them breathe breathe fire. Oh, so was it liquor or like a hot sauce? It was liquor. Oh, okay. I I think in my mind I just thought it was like like Tabasco or something something hot. Yeah, it said uh, Luke drinks very home very strong homemade liquor, which is used to help Bernard and Evan regain energy when they needed it. Yeah. And it was also and it was also used in the swamp mobile to get it to go at the very end. So just like yeah. whatever's in that, I probably don't want to know. Yeah. I probably I'm, wouldn't drink it anyways. It's Everclear. <laughs> it's some it's, yeah, actually, you know what? The like way that they are like it's so spicy um makes me think of like cinnamon schnapps i don't know if i can say the name of it but the initials of the of the drink are hd hot d word uh i I was i was thinking that but i'm like i don't know like i don't know but then then you have like man i'm really putting too much thought into this um like, oh, come on! I'm the I'm the one that just... wants to know how to build a Medusa mobile. Well, don't they like? There's I don't I don't drink really more than once a year, um, so I have no idea how how this works or what they make. But aren't there some that are like infused with peppers and mm-hmm. what? There's spicy ones. Yeah. I think I had a I don't know why I'm saying this, but at one of my friend's weddings, um, they had like a signature cocktail and it had jalapenos in it. Oh, it was so good. And I don't even like stuff like that. But anyways, maybe it was that. Although everyone kind of acted like it didn't taste very good in the movie. I mean, yeah, like it makes their eyes change colors. Yeah. And that, and that, that was why I was like, what is in it to make your eyes turn red? And after you've seen two people's eyes turn red, why are you drinking? So, so Evan Rude takes off. They all take off. They all get to the riverboat just as Medusa is threatening Penny because now she's a loose end and she needs to be stopped. Yep. See, I told you she didn't have good plans for Penny from the outset. But Penny had a contingency because she put the devil's eye in Teddy. 
Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And just as they they start chasing all the animals from Devil's Bayou show up and start fighting for Penny, and they get away after the moonshine is poured in full into the Medusa Mobile, and they get away. Or, excuse me, the Swamp Mobile is what it's actually called on Wikipedia. So, we all know Wikipedia never lies. <laughs> Since it gave us the images to help us to get to the scandal, it can't be wrong. Right. Well, um, so while they're doing that, like at some point we get another like fireworks spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is really fun. Yeah, because this time they were told to actually fire the fireworks into Medusa's rooms. So that way she wouldn't be able to get out. Yeah. And they all get away. And Medusa is left having to deal with Nero and Brutus, who are not too happy. Snoops gets away somehow because he's the henchman. And, and henchmen almost always get away to live another day. I hate so, that, too. See, like, I... I honestly think that that Disney has missed a a money making opportunity. They've had all the villains get together. They've had all the heroes get together. Why not have the sidekicks get together? Yes. Yeah, that's that's a great idea. So here's what irks me. Like, there's no justice for these characters. Like, we leave Medusa in the swamp by you or whatever. Um, and she's like, maybe like the, the crocodiles are like snapping at her, but are we supposed to assume that she gets eaten? We don't know. I guess you're not supposed to think about it. Yeah. Or do we just not think about it? Just like in the Aristocats, we don't think about what happens to the guy that gets stuffed into a (laughs) cargo box and sent off to Timbuktu, I think, wasn't it? (laughs) forgot about that yeah who cares who cares this bad guy yeah. um i do okay we we leave them we don't know what happens to them i think we're supposed to assume that she gets eaten but maybe she we're not at her end yeah and she's like just upset about the diamond uh which then we find out in kind of like an epilogue type scene after all the main action that uh penny or the diamond is like now in the Smithsonian and Penny has a new family. She got adopted and she's mm-hmm. so happy. Uh, we get cute scenes of the mice like sitting in uh, what looks like a theater, but it's like they're sitting in like dresser drawers, mm-hmm. stuff like this, like this repurposed human stuff for mouse purposes. Yeah. And so then they get another adventure and this is another something that Disney missed the boat on. I think we need, well, we can't really do it because both Bob, well, is Bob Newhart dead? Or is he too old to read lines anymore? Uh, I don't know. Ava Gabor is dead. I do know that. So we can't have the original Bianca. But I think that with all the Disney Plus stuff that's coming out, they really need to come out with a Rescuers reboot. Yeah. I, w- I would watch it. Uh, Bob Newhart is alive and kicking. He's 93 at the time of this recording. At the time of this recording. Yes. So this is actually um, based on a series of books. 
So, once again, Disney, I know you're listening. You hear everything that anybody says about Disney. Make this film or make this TV show. Actually, make both of these, the the sidekicks and make a new Rescuers. Please. Actually, uh, the... I don't remember how many books there are of this, but um, I got the first one as a Kindle library book uh, two days ago. I was hoping that I would like be able to read it or at least start it so that I could talk about it a little bit in this episode. But uh, we had snow and then work's been crazy, so I haven't got to do that yet. But I have it sitting in my Kindle waiting to be read. I expect that it'll be a quick read. Um, so if I can get through it before my loan expires, maybe I can have a book club, uh, or a book report rather. There is actually nine books in this series. Oh, wow. Well, I only have like the first one. So yeah, I, I definitely don't see unless it's a rights issue now, since the last one was done in 78 it was 59 to 78 was when the rescuers were actually written. But, I mean, you had so many people growing up during this time. I was two years old when this first movie came out. You were seven when the second movie came out. Yes. So, I mean, that's 17 years worth of people that watched one or both of these movies and would probably sit down with their kids to watch a Disney Plus show. Yeah, yeah, they need to, like, I mean, they're leaning into the nostalgia on so many other things, Mm -hmm. and this was so popular at the time, you think that... I mean, yeah, considering it did almost $300 million in today's box office, that's... And they're they're doing Willow, which is a remake. They've done The Santa Claus, which is a remake. They did Obi-Wan, which is, well, not really remakes, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So there's... And just I, I I don't see why. And what happened to Mr. Mouth and his funky band? Wasn't that supposed to be coming out? I had to think about what you were saying, Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. That's exactly what I said, Mr. Mouth <laughs> and the Funky Band. I think Mr. Mouth was probably a character that I learned about in kindergarten at the dentist office. That's possible. Uh, Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. Man, this is going to bother me now because... Yeah, because I've, I've been waiting for that to come out on Disney+. Plus and, it's, and it didn't pop up on TV or TV series finale, which is, the, which is where all the shows that are canceled pops up. So I'm, I'm just... I, I don't... I mean, how many Muppet series have we had... In the last five years. Right. Well, so the one that was on ABC several years ago, I loved. It was very funny. Mm -hmm. I know some people were upset because they thought it made it, like, less family-friendly. But it portrayed them in the real world. Mm -hmm. Like, as real people in the world that we exist in. I loved Mm it. Um, So, according to Wikipedia, that never lies, (laughs) uh, production started last spring in 2022. And um, they fi- they finished filming in August of 2022. So I don't know how long it takes 
to do like post-production stuff, but I guess that's where it's at in the process. So it'll probably be a 2025 release. No, I hope you're wrong. I hope you're wrong. I hope it's like later this year or maybe even next year, and then we get to talk about it on the show. Yes. Well, yeah, we'll de- we'll definitely be covering that. That'll be that'll be our one of our next spectaculars that we. Can. Um. But yeah, like I said, this this movie left me with a good feeling. And I'm kind of wanting to get the books and read them myself. Uh And Disney needs to pick up some more nostalgia and start making... Unless animation costs more than live action action series. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know about that. But they better do Robin Hood first. There's supposed to be like a CGI slash live action Robin Hood sometime, so... Let's let's get to that. Um, but no, this movie was so good. Uh, it had it had comedy. It had like a little bit of like hint of romance between mm-hmm. Bernard and Bianca. Uh, had action. It like pulled like tugged at your heartstrings. It's just really good. Well, let's go ahead and knock out three questions because this one definitely has been is is more relevant than last week's. Or the last one. Yeah. First one is today's impact on the movie. First of all, with the TSA, you could not arrive 30 minutes after a flight is supposed to take off and still make it onto your flight. Yeah. Well, unless you're flying Albatross Air, they may have looser rules. Yeah, but still, you're going to get wanted and you're not going to be able to make your flight, even if it is the only one that's coming in during the day. But like, does the do mice have the TSA? No, they have the MSA. Yeah, uh, I just lost it. <laughs> um, today's impact, man. I don't know. This is hard because it's like this movie is almost perfect. Yeah. Uh, so and I feel like a lot of times it's like, oh, here's all the things that would change, but I don't want this to change. Uh, let's. I'm having a hard time pulling out of like this is like animated fantasy it's not the real world because like in the real world a little girl goes missing from an orphanage and like it would have it would have been all over the news yeah I I think like Rufus tells them uh, oh yeah the police were involved but they gave up weeks ago like she's been missing for weeks I like that wouldn't be quite the same like technology always is a factor when we ask this question. Uh, so, I mean, all the ways that that would have an effect. Well, let me see. CSI New York would have gotten involved. Um, East, East New York would have gotten involved. It would have been like a six week crossover event involving all these TV shows. That's set up in the New York area. Blue bloods would have been involved. We would have had a Tom Selleck cameo. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, they're the the fact. I mean, I know cases go go cold, but I mean, first of first off, this is a cute white Caucasian girl, which are like four things that if watching television for five years and watching police procedurals, those four things together would keep it in the public eye for weeks if not 
until she's found. Yeah. Because it would, I mean, even if it's like a little 30-second blurb, 25 minutes into the news, and just an update on Penny, blah, 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 she has not been found. If you have any information, please contact 800 blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it would get so much news coverage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, I can't think of much beyond that, though. Mm. I mean, they, they really wouldn't need to change that much for this. No, no. I mean, it's a, it's like you said, it's it's pretty, it's pretty perfect. Which for Disney in this time, you don't have. I mean, the the movies are getting better every year because everything's getting more stylized and more run of the mill. So that way they know what works and what doesn't. Because they don't, they don't really have many flops in this area. And I mean, we're talking some. Big name movies have been coming out during this time or around yeah. this time, but we found reasons to pick them apart, especially with Gus and his double O and the O and everything like that. We we'll, won't we won't go back into that. Y'all can go yeah. look into it <laughs> yourself. Um, so is this movie mirrored in culture? I mean, it's a movie that both of us knew growing up. 15 years apart so i i think it's in the zeitgeist of tv and movie that people will know what movie you're talking about even if it is just because of the scandal yeah i um i think like it's just familiar enough yeah and it and it it once again it works it's it doesn't need to be remade into, although that would be great to have this come out as a CGI film around the time that they reboot the TV show on a CGI. Uh, how does this fit into today's society? Man, I don't know how to answer that. Or does it? I mean, it's just, it's a Disney classic. Mm-hmm. It's popular when it came out. It, I mean, it's an old movie at this point, so it's like... I don't know who all is watching old movies, but I think it's it has earned its spot on the list of classic Disney films that everybody should see. Mm-hmm. And since we are talking about classic Disney films that everyone should see, we will go ahead and give you your homework, which I don't know of many Disney fans, with the exception of Icky. That hasn't... Well, actually, I think he even watched this when it was re-released. But we are talking about... We're going back a couple of months because the movie was actually released in May of 77. We are talking about Episode 4, Star Wars A New Hope. Two hours and five minutes worth of greatness starring young Harrison Ford, young Carrie Fisher, young Mark Hamill, old Alec Guinness. <laughs> Has Alec Guinness has been old his entire life. Yeah, but I am trying to line up a couple of guest panelists for this episode, and we're actually going to do it as a round robin, because once again, I don't know of very many people that haven't watched this movie that would consider themselves a um, Disney file. I mean, like it, don't like it, you know about it. So there's not going to be... The synopsis like you get with this. It's going to be the four of us just talking 
Star Wars until we run out of things to say. If I can get the other two on board, otherwise it's going to be Kyra and I staring at each other and saying, uh, how do we do this? <laughs> uh, actually, well, we can talk about this later, but I think I have an idea. So that is your homework. And as is usually the case, until we speak again, stay safe, stay hungry, and stay out of caves that have geysers coming up on them. <laughs> I, did, I wasn't expecting you to say geyser. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. steps on this ramp. <laughs> Why don't you jump the last one? <clears throat> this is your captain speaking. Welcome aboard, folks. Fasten your seat belts. No smoking. Just sit back and leave the driving to me. <laughs> Miss Bianca, be sure it's fastened good and tight. I can't. It'll wrinkle my dress. Say, bud, read the checklist to me. Oh, yeah. Goggles down. Check. Uh, wing flaps down. Check. Tail feathers. Double check. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And here we go! <laughs> I sure wish we'd have taken the train.